so a couple of weeks ago, Joe, my brother, he and I had a chance to sit and talk about his experience with God and how it can apply to all of us. And so Danny and I have a chance to do this as well. And to give you a little preface, I know there are some people who are newer to our church family and many are longtime friends, but Danny has served alongside me as one of our church's elders for nine years. I looked it up. We said nine or 10, 2014, nine years. Woo! And, um, so during that time, he and I worked so closely together on a weekly basis, many phone calls and meetings, never mind big events, but just uh, fellowship and time together. And as we've been growing and we've been talking and praying, um, we've seen the church growing and shifting over the years. You know, we look back to Tampa underground being down there and thinking, and then as God moved us into this place, he's clearly changing how we approach church. He's the same God, but our methods, you know, different ministries, different locations, different opportunities, um, make it look different at different times. And so, um, Danny, this last year, for those of you that might not know, has had a pretty challenging year. Health-wise, a lot of changes at work. Our church has changed a lot. There's just been a lot of things going on. And so part of our prayer during that time, and especially now, these last few months together, is, okay, what, what does this season look like for us now? What has it been before? And pretty clearly have felt God giving us confirmations and agreement and peace, as we've talked and prayed, not just us, but uh, a few others as well, that Danny's time of serving on the elder board at New Hope was for those nine years. That was the time and season that God called him into that. And so I felt like, well, if God is changing a season, and if you're not going to be serving in this active eldership role, when we started talking, well, what does that mean for giftings? Because they're not the same thing. You ask someone like, well, what do you do for work? You're not just your job. You're not just your position. You're a person. And I'm going to read something in a minute that makes that so beautifully clear. Uh, Danny's gifts in mentoring, in knowing the word of God, in listening to the spirit, in, in ministering to people, um, in teaching, in his off-the-cuff ways have been gifts he's used in this role, but those are gifts that can be used in many different ways in the kingdom. And so I wanted this morning to be a morning that you and I could talk about what it's like when we feel God calling us into different seasons. It felt fitting we're on a New Year's Eve. We're all entering some kind of new season. We got college students and we have people that are in transitions in their jobs and lives in so many ways. Um, even loved ones that have passed. I look around, I know we've lost some loved ones. That's a new season without that person in our lives. And it's really important to feel God like guiding us into those next seasons. So it's sort of like given us an excuse to talk about seasons. Uh, the way we want to lay it out is that we have a couple of questions we're going to kind of answer, and then I'd love to invite you into that. What have you learned about how God leads you through seasons? What are some things that you've seen in others that are like, oh, that was a tidbit, that was a nugget, a pearl of wisdom? Because <clears throat> I'd love for us to be good at it, because change is hard. But sometimes God has a beautiful next thing for us, and we can't simultaneously be doing the former and the next, and so he just changes the seasons for us. But the thing I wanted to read um, is, I was trying to confirm how many years it had been, because when you and I talked the other day, it was like, oh, nine or 10. So I looked up. And I have this letter that I sent out to the whole church family. And I sent it out on November of 2014 and was talking about Danny's coming ordination on December of 2014. So 
he and I for today said, well, let's read from Ecclesiastes a little bit. For, there's a time and a season for everything, and God moves us and changes. That, that's a cool way. So we have that scripture I'll read, or maybe you could even read for us in just a moment before we ask our questions. But when I look back at the letter, that's exactly the scripture that we used to share with the church the good news of our elder stepping into this role. And uh, it talks a little bit about your giftings. And since I wanted to think a little bit about the difference between serving in roles versus being gifted by God, I kind of wanted to read a little bit of the letter. So whether you remember this or not, you've got a great memory. I don't Do remember you? this part. So this is a letter that went out to the church in November of 2014. It said, uh, King Solomon sagely teaches us that, quote, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to laugh and a time to mourn. A time to be silent and a time to speak. God has made everything beautiful in its time. According to God's perfect plan, local church congregations like New Hope experience many new beginnings as well as seasons that come to an end. Isn't that cool? Talking about beginning to endings right from the beginning. Uh, amidst those changes, we see the beauty and the sovereignty of God. Like It's beautiful when he does that. The seasons are beautiful, but also he's in control. Um, as he cares for us and leads us and provides for us as our gentle shepherd. Well, in the life of New Hope Christian Chapel, God has once again shown his will, let us hear his call, and provided for us in yet another beautiful way. I am truly excited to be able to announce to you the upcoming ordination of Danny Lee as an elder, a spiritual leader, and a Christ-like servant of the New Hope Christian Chapel family. God has made it abundantly clear to both Danny and to our congregation that he is calling Danny to the role of servant leader, under-shepherd to Christ, and spiritual mentor to the body at New Hope. Danny's sense of humor, humble attitude, love for God's word, and passion for seeing others draw closer to Christ are wonderful gifts that God is giving to the chapel in this new elder. Danny is spirit-led, eager to serve, and fully aware that eldership is about sacrificing for others, not seeking to be in charge of them. I was like, well, that's like this bookend. I wanted to read that because it brought me back to those days. And with the changing of the year, it's the same thing like I prayed before. I just be so grateful and thankful for the seasons that God gives us, but then also pray forward into the next one. So I hope that our conversation can just be sort of like us sharing thoughts, but also the gratitude for how God does what he does. Uh, but at the end of it, I'm going to invite anyone who is uh, able to come forward or would like to, to come and pray with me over Danny. New seasons begin. What ministries will he lead you to? How will he invite you to use these same gifts in new opportunities? And so I'm excited to see the freedom and the opportunities that God will bring. But I wanted to read that. That made me smile. I thought that might be a good way to kick off our time. Well, thank, thank you for reading that. Guys, just so you know, Dave and I like, did this much preparation together for the We for know our morning. questions. We just, Beyond we, that, we'll see how we it knew, goes. We knew what we wanted to talk about how we wanted to address everyone. Yeah. But that for me, Dave, is quite a blessing. Uh, Dave already knows this. Over the, over the past ye you know, year or so, many, many months anyway, um, God keeps bringing me back to Ecclesiastes yeah. and, and those and passages like that. So, mm. so that's really, that's kind of throwing me for, I know for, it did for a loop too. here yeah. that, um, that there he was with that right at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he used that to that seasonal perspective as an encouragement mm -hmm. to me as, as I was becoming an elder, mm -hmm. as he was calling me. 
to that role. And just to, just to see him, you know, you use the, the term bookend, but just to see him like bookend it with like a year, a year of listening to, reading all of parts of Ecclesiastes, books yeah. that from different authors that like, you know, writings of different authors pulling from Ecclesiastes. And you know the times when you, you think you're a madman or a mad woman, like, why do I keep thinking about this over and over again? Why can't I let this go? Why can't I shake this? And, mm. and that's what it's been like for me with, with Ecclesiastes this mm. year, uh, and especially Ecclesiastes 3, that, that passage referenced in, in the letter Dave, Dave um, read. So, yeah, thank you. All right. Sorry, I hope I don't babble It's a great much. segue into the first question. So this is one I'd love for you to answer. I'd love to reflect on it for me. And if you have thoughts that strike you, hold on to them. I'd love for you to share them as well. First question for us to kind of dig into this. Um, when God called you into this shepherding ministry nine years ago, what was your process for confirming his call at that time? How did you know he was changing a season into this position? Was it short? Was it long? How did he? Well, I mean, it, it actually was a years long process because I, I remember I, I be, I came to faith in my early twenties, early 1980, right around this time, 1987. Mm -hmm. And, um, I felt his call on me right away. But as a, you know, as a young man, as a brand new believer, I, I thought what many new Christians think if God's calling you to ministry, that means full-time ministry as a pastor. Mm, right. And that, you know, that, that frightened me to no end, um, mm. the, the thought of it. It just did, <laughs> and, and it should. Um, yeah, I guess no God pity the fool who, <laughs> who, who isn't frightened by the thought of that. Right, it's um, supposed to be. So, so yeah. really it was, it was years, um, mm. and and the Holy Spirit would every once in a while just put a spiritual mentor in, in my path or mm. some random person. Mm. I would have random people come up to me and say, like, you're going to be a great pastor someday. And it would be mm. like, get away from me. Mm. You know? I know. Um, be, but, they were right. But I had, never, I had never really thought about eldership. And, you know, mm. at that, at, you know for the first many many years of my walk with Jesus, I, I didn't necessarily think about, you know, the sacred-secular divide and should, should there be a divide? Are we, you know, aren't we, in some sense, I felt like, well, we're all, we're all called to be ministers. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're alive, you have cognition. <laughs> you're kind of supposed to be a walking, talking ministry anyway. Um, but there, there was a, oh, and I can't leave Art out of this. Mm. He's, a, he's a key player in all of this. Um, because every so often, Art would just put materials in my mailbox. Some of you, some of you no. know what that's like. No. Or he would just take me aside and say something to me. I remember, and Art, I don't know if you remember this, I remember the very first time you had said something to me. It was, it was a Saturday afternoon at, at Six Meadow Hill, I think I was there to, to do some cleaning or something, and we got talking, and it was just before, it was just before two, two or three new elders were going to be ordained, like the following oh. day, or 
the following Sunday. And Art, Art, we were having this conversation. I was telling him what I thought was good about this guy, that guy. And he looked at me and he said, no man in this, in this church should preclude himself from being an elder. And I agreed. I went, yep, yep, yep that, that's true. And then he leaned in for emphasis and, and said very like slowly and deliberately something like, no, you're not understanding me. No man should preclude himself from being an elder. No man at New Hope. And so I, I took that for what, it, for what it was. And what I took that as at the time was art hounding me. Um, <laughs> I mean that in a loving, in a loving way. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was just one of those things that like through the years, even after like having a, a season of wandering off from church and not, not being with brothers and sisters and then, and then making my way back to New Hope, Art wasn't even pastor of New Hope at the time, but somehow right. Right. he still managed to be getting those materials to yep. me. And That's what he does. And I still, you know, through, through it all, any time somebody would say, and I've ser I had served as a deacon in the past prior to New Hope, and, but any time somebody would talk to me about, like, being a deacon or being an elder, I always experienced it as big P pastor. And it just like frightened me. It was, it was just one of those things. I don't, I don't know if that was part of the Lord's preparation or like the, you know, the evil one. He does know things that we don't know. And so I don't know if it was like, like some deflection or whatever, or if he was just, you know, continuing to like scrape off the barnacles or something over time. But when it got to that, when it got to that point that, that you had approached me, um, I had had, I had, I had already had a couple, a couple of years, two, three years of, of making peace with the fact that even though I wasn't a pastor, that the, the teaching materials, the, the, all the reading materials, the studies, all that stuff, um, that pastors gravitate towards, that seminarians gravitate towards, was just all the stuff that I found loved it. interesting. I just, I ate that stuff up. I know. Um, so, when you, when you approached me, it, it, you know, it did blow me away, but there was also something, something about it that felt familiar, okay. felt right. Um, and you get you gave me time to to pray through it. How long? How long did you take after I asked you? I made Dave wait three months. Three months, yeah. Um, and he it was felt patient. Like longer. He was patient. He uh, only he, uh, he. I only, only wanted it if it's what God wanted. So you absolutely. needed to pray through that um, on your. On and your I needed to, you know, I, I I needed to know that it that that it was the Lord Himself yeah. calling me. Can I piggyback off of sure. that? For my call into pastoring, I also, this is why Danny and I talk so well and connect so well. Like I also didn't want to be a pastor, but it was through people and through circumstances that came sort of at me. It didn't like rise up in me, this is what I want. It was circumstances that came to me and people who would say things to me like, oh, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And then in the end, it felt like, okay, here's a moment in the church's life and God is calling me. It was people. And so I, I put that out there to you as well. Like sometimes we miss 
interpret the people who are talking to us as just people who have like nice intentions. Sometimes God is talking to you through a person. And sometimes you can feel it, like maybe if an art stratton leans in and the time slows down a little bit, like this is a moment, I should hang on to this. But sometimes you don't until afterwards. I encourage all of you to think about those thoughts that have come to you through various people over time. Someone's always saying to you, oh, you're so good at this. You should think about that. And you're like, nah, 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 nah. Like, is that someone with good intention, just being polite? Is that someone flattering you? Or is that actually God telling you a little bit of how you're gifted and how you could be of just powerful use in his kingdom? It can be God. It was for me. People speaking to me became God's voice the more repetitive it became and for Daniel that was part of his calling as well. I think with accepting a call into ministry you always want to read scripture. Like okay I, I see this in scripture that God's talking to me through the Bible. You want to feel it in your prayer times. You're praying you're getting answers. You want to hear it through people. Other Christians. There's got to be confirmation that way. Um, for any of you who have felt God calling you into this kind of like new thing, was it people who spoke to you that woke you up to the fact? Was it like a, an aha moment? Did the clouds part and the, the sunbeams come down and the choirs of angels like, oh, and then you stepped in? Or was it sort of like, uh, what is, um, I forget the phrase, but was it like, hey, I got to help out here. No one else is stepping in. I'll do it. Can you share any of your own thoughts of what it feels like when God said, go on this mission trip, serve in this ministry, marry this person, go to this church, any of those kind of thoughts? What's it like when God says go? For anyone who might be in this room, because I don't know where everybody stands in their own faith, um, pursuing Jesus, coming to believe in him is like this too. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I want to, but I'm not sure if I know how. I think I like this, but I'm a little bit nervous about it. It's very unusual, but like, it seems good. You're like drawn to something. And then you accept and you say, all right, Jesus, I'll do what you want. I'll take a step into your family, I believe. And then it's exciting, but you're also like not knowing what's going on and things start to change and he uses you. And so I hope that this conversation could relate to any of us that are in the room too. They're like not just pursuing God into something, but being pursued by God. He comes after us for family first. And then once you're family, he's like, well, this is how we work together as a family. So I could use you in this way, and you've got these gifts, and you've got these thoughts. Like, oh, great, you'll be great in the family, you know? And it's just like you, you work together, um, called to ministry. But the first call is just called to Christ. And if none of us ever had some miraculous call to serving, that's fine. But all of us have to have that miraculous, amazing, just like soul-stirring call to Jesus have to. You can't live without that. You can't go on without that. Nothing else matters without that. And we could go on and do lots of things for Jesus in various capacities. But if it isn't just because we love Jesus, then all that doesn't matter either. So make sure we put first things first. And for those that might not have had experience like this, make sure you've got that with Jesus before you go then second, third experiences into different callings or ministries. Pete, did I see your hand up here before we go on to our next question? No coincidences in this life. It's just God being anonymous. Yeah, God's hand. And we should feel like God is coordinating things. Can we go on to the second question? Um, what do you think like, and this can relate to this season or any others in your life, what do you think it looks like to finish a season well? Because if seasons come and go, then like we want to finish one well, get through it well, and then start something new well. But 
that in my experience has not always been the case. I don't always finish things well. I get excited and go off to the next thing. Or I've seen others where the end of a season is kind of like a mini nuclear bomb, and then you survive a little bit, and wounded, you get into the next season. What would it look like to finish well the way Paul talks about finishing well? I think, I think finishing a season well does involve faith, hmm. uh, involves being faithful, continu hmm. continuing to be faithful. For, for me, it, it, hmm. it, was a, a span, it was involving a span of time where I simply didn't, it started off with me simply, like, I didn't know what was going on in life. Right. You know, like, what, what is this? What's, what, you know, what, why do I keep getting sick in this way? You know, that, that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, as you know, we were, you know, Dave and I kept, kept thinking we were coming, coming up with a way forward for me resuming my responsibilities as an elder. And every, it was like we'd be going along and then all of a sudden we're like tripping over each other. Like, nope, this isn't working. And we, did, we just didn't, we just didn't know what was going on. And then I had, I just had this one day in particular where after all the soul searching, all the asking Jesus over and over and over again, he just made it really clear. He was just speaking to my heart so clearly that, um, that just as he called me into eldership, he was now calling me out of it. And the only way, the only way I knew to to finish that well was to like partner with you in that. Mm. Like we, we, you and I partnered in ministry for, for so many years and I, I, just, I just felt before the Lord like, Lord, if this, if this truly is you, if I'm truly hearing from you, then I, I need Dave to be with me on it. And that, that to me felt like it would be like the ultimate the ultimate confirmation, mm. you know? And so for me, this hasn't even just been about me wanting to finish well, like for myself, but like wanting the two of us to, mm. to, finish, to finish well together. I don't, I don't yeah. know if I'm exactly you answering are. your question. It's all right, because I want to take this moment to thank you, because I'm not sure if I've said this to you in this way before, but that's such a great gift that you gave are giving to me to be able to be a part of the closing of a season. That's like such a, speaking very frankly as a pastor here, I don't often get to be the end of seasons because the end of a season is someone who's like disappointed with someone or with something in a church and so they just leave. I never get that like last conversation and in a way it robs the ability to, to have gratitude and thanksgiving for all the amazing that happened before the ending of a season. That, that's just being very straightforward with you. I don't often get a great hug closure. I get a my phone hasn't rung in a while. Where did someone go? <laughs> like, poof, closure. I trust that to God. That's fine. Um, but it's harder. So this is beautiful to me. I would love to sit at the end of every season and have gratitude together, corporately. Because God is good and he has been good. And even if things are coming to an end, sometimes feels like loss or like losing or ceasing. Or, 
That doesn't negate any of the beauty, any of the miracles, any of the answers, but all good. And so that's, that's what I feel like for me. I wanted to answer, but also I want to thank you for letting me part of the prayer process here at the end, not just Dave. So I've had a thought, and this is what's happening. It's like, pray with me about that. Oh, cool. All right. And then feeling God saying the same things to me, like, that's not what we expected. But no, actually, I see signs. God's doing this thing. Okay, we're in it together. And then to be able to be here and to be thankful, that's better than you even know, but it triggered in me my answer to this question. I think gratitude. If you can get to the end of a season still in a heart space of gratitude, it means that you haven't been robbed of your season, and it means that you're finishing with glory to God. Like those sorts of things, often it's, this is hard, I'm out. Or this is hard, we fight. Or this is over. Or we get like senioritis. My son's a senior in high school. Like the whole year, you just don't care about being there anymore. Like I just can't wait to get out of there. So maybe you don't have the best work ethic your senior year because you're already mentally checked out of some. That's not finishing well either. I'm not saying Eli's doing that. He's not. But he and I talk about senioritis because I remember doing that my senior year in high school and probably college. And probably, it's probably easier for me. I get so excited about what's coming next. I'm like already mentally done with where I'm at. And that's not finishing well either. So Thank you for that. That's my answer. I'd love to open it up to you guys as well. What does it look like in any season of life? A job, even a divorce or something painful, right? There's seasons. Uh, what does it look like to finish well? It's not all roses and fluffy bunnies and kittens sometimes, but there is well and there's not well. Any thoughts that we can learn from each other, Sally? Amen. I love everything That's about great. that. Oh. And if we could use the freedom in Christ as an example, the seasons are often of unpredictable length. We kind of stepped into that anticipating in our mind, <clears throat> this will be something that will thrive in the church and go for years to come. And yet it ministered to a very small, select group of people for a very specific time. It was beautiful and led by God, but it wasn't big and forever. It was small and personal and important. It's like, huh, all right. So we have to let him show us that sometimes our idea for season is, wow, this will be amazing and big because we're American. And if we can multiply something a thousand times the size, that must be better, right? But no, what if one person only was healed through going through those steps? One person only connected with Christ and was like, worth it, worth all the training courses, worth all the time spent prayer, worth... But it wasn't what we anticipated. So that's the freedom. That's like us in this season, too. It's not what we're expecting. But like, mm, I think I see God change. Let's be open. You have to follow his lead. Otherwise, then you're not in the spirit anymore. You find yourself out of the spirit, even though you started in it. <laughs> started in him, and then somebody goes, I've got this. I'm going my plan. Like, He's trying to take a, a left-hand turn, and we don't go. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, Alan. Third question. What would you see as the relationship between continuous growth and change? Can you repeat it? What do you see as the relationship between continuous spiritual always growing and change? Are they together? Are they needed? Are they different? Does one lend to another? Change and growth. I, I, this is a really succinct response, but I think an unwillingness to change hinders growth. Amen. I agree with that. Yep. Yep. Do you all hear what we're asking with that question? No one likes change, but that means that you don't want to grow. You want to stay like it is. That's not going to end up finishing well either because life is going to pass us by and we're just going to hang on to the good old days. And there'll be no more good days, no more new good days. 
because we're too fascinated with the things that we're trying to hang on to because they were good, praise God, but they're the good that he did and we have to keep going after the good that he's about to do. And that's change. You cannot simultaneously be in this season of life that you have and also experience the new thing that God wants to do with you. We as a church cannot continue to worship at the chapel every week in our comfort zone and also move to Taunton and worship here in a completely new... It's not the same. So, like, change is so, like, jarring, but it, it, it's the opportunity. It's the doorway. It means that growth is happening or could happen and... The more we resist change, I think the more we're resisting the Holy Spirit trying to grow us. You want to piggyback more on that? I see you like thinking, well, you just, can if I, you want. It just made me think of an example. Um, when, I, when I went through my divorce, I, I, oh. think that was, I think that was a time in my life when I was unwilling to change. Okay. You know, sure. it, I, I didn't ask to be divorced. I, you know, it was yeah. a, it's something I feel like it's something I underwent. Yeah. We all, it, there's a downfall in any relationship. Mm. Both have contributed to it. I, be, I believe that. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not slamming my ex-wife. Mm. Um, not today, anyway. Yeah. Um, but I'll let Ellen do that for me. Thank there's you, Ellen. There's spiritual growth for you. Uh, this is good. This is good. <laughs> Trending. But, but what I mean it in the sense that even when like I knew it was over, mm. and I mean even when like the divorce legally was finalized, mm. I, st I stayed stuck in the mindset of, of a married man. Mm -hmm. I, stayed, I, I was stuck in the mindset of a husband. Mm. And I wasn't like in, I'm not even talking mm. about like, you know, strictly in a spiritual sense in mm -hmm. my, walk with, my walk with Jesus. I mean like I became, a very stunted person, like a shadow of myself. And it wasn't, and I don't know if I've ever even thought of this quite this way mm. until now, mm. but it wasn't until, it wasn't until the Holy Spirit like woke me up, yeah. like, and, like slapped me across the face with, with <laughs> reality from, for my own good, mm. um, that, that I then, you know, was open to change. And interestingly, I can bring it back around to the spiritual now. Mm -hmm. Interestingly was like, after that, there was like exponential growth. I don't take credit for that. I give, I give the Amen. Lord credit for that. Amen. But where, you know, and I know you saw it with me where, yeah. you know, I came back to New Hope mm. t tentative. Mm. You know, I just didn't, I, I, I was hurting in life in some yeah. ways still. And, and it was just like this, Holy Spirit thing where he just kept he just kept doing that work anybody else see any contrast there between the comfort zone and growth or living by faith which is like a very unpredictable it's hard to live by faith but contentment feels like oh thank you God those seem like different things to you or seem like one might hold another back mom and then Ellen <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He works things together in a coordinated effort so we can come to know. So if you're in a season where you're stuck and you don't know what is supposed to come next, be patient and hang in there. He will clarify over time. You might have to wait longer than you want, but he will. I promise you, he will make things clear. 
through a million different ways and in a big concerted effort of God, the God of the universe, to communicate to us what his will is or what steps we should take. So please take comfort in that. It may be hard, but <clears throat> keep waiting for the clarity. Don't run ahead of him before the clarity. It will come and he will confirm. And that's another great example. So Nancy, you had referenced um, a difficult season and, and Sally you also with you know like your own personal um, process that the Lord took you through related to the center uh, that this has been a really really difficult season for me it, it's not like it was like oh okay no not anymore like no it and I don't even look at it as like my so much like my decision as I do uh, an act of uh, obedience. It, it, it's not like it, it, it's something I wanted to stop doing. Like I, I being in a church leadership position, as, as most know, it, it, it can be difficult. But when you know you're called by the Lord, and if you, if you also happen to be blessed to be in ministry with with loving, supportive people, like it's mostly a joy. It, mm -hmm. it really is. Um, so it was, it was really, really hard for me to come to a place of saying like, okay, Jesus. He made it real clear for me when he, when he explained to me that he would be lifting the anointing from me for, for this. And I don't mean that he's completely lifting his anointing from me. I mean, his anointing that he had given to me specifically for this role, to serve in this role. And Sally, what was interesting for me was going, th going through this period of time of like helping to shepherd New Hope into accepting that the Lord was like doing something different. And we were good, and you know, part of the, part of the planning and the decision making and all of that. And then at a certain point to start to feel actually kind of like a little detached from it. You know, like, like planning to come here and finding myself asking the Lord over and over again, like, but Lord, what will be my role? Because I don't yeah. even know what being an elder in that new expression of new hope, like, looks like. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect that he was going to, that he was going to yeah. call me out of it. But, so even though I'm, even though like I'm being honest and saying like, it's been, it's been a difficult season, um, I'm not. I don't look at it as like even it's hard for me to find and Dave already knows this it's hard for me to to put language to this because I don't think of it as as oh you know stepping back from mm -hmm. ministry or stepping right. away from being elder I really do look at it as Jesus is calling me out of it just as clearly as he called me into it and um, I don't know what's next you know, it's interesting to me because usually when somebody announces that they're, they're stopping something, mm -hmm. within the church anyway, you know, it's usually because they're called to something else. You know, the Williams family left us. Right, the, right. the Gendros left us, you know, because they were called to something else. Mm. I have no idea mm. what's next. I have no idea what's next. So I need prayer for that, just mm. for... Just for clarity, and and I'm not I'm not sad. I mean, I'm sad in the sense that, you know, there's that there, there's that bittersweet, and, mm -hmm. but 
it's it's more just like the well like okay lord then like what's next because that was so amazing mm -hmm. so i'm walking away from something amazing but i'll still be there mm. so like what's next this and, in my mind is the the like the bow to tie it all together there's just such a difference between giftings and roles positions like you you none of your giftings are going anywhere you are who you are your ability to talk and speak scripture and pray and be wise counsel and be funny and be Danny and loving like that's just Danny but focusing in this ministry in this role in this position at this time is not where God's gonna use you so in my mind he's like releasing you for something for something but I also am just so eager to see but it feels like a position of openness it feels like a position of freedom but the giftings don't change. He's made you who he's made you. How he uses us in different seasons of life does change. So I'm going to invite anybody who would like to come up, as I said, to take a moment to lay hands on Danny and pray and thank God for the role that he's served us all. Probably everyone in this room, unless you're super new, have been ministered to by this dear brother in a really important way at a really important time. Uh, and so let's minister to him now and thank God for that and pray for clarity and new open doors and see what God will do uh, with it. So if I could invite you to come stand. And, and I'm going to invite oh. folks to please keep this man in prayer. Not just this morning. I mean I ongoing. He, he, Dave is now in a position of uh, yet again being lead pastor with no other pastoral staff and no other elders around him. That's a, that's a vulnerable position for, for a man of God to be in. He's not alone. He's got his three bu buddies, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with him, and all of us. But he really does need all uh, yeah. of us. Yeah, so, so to that keep, point, this is a larger <clears throat> conversation, but I'm trying to do more and more to um, gather people around me for different roles and tasks to have brainstorming ability to have prayer to have accountability uh, until and unless God calls someone else into shepherding because that's what eldering elder and pastor is the same exact thing in scripture one might be a lead in that like you see in the Jerusalem Council Peter took the lead but they were all uh, leaders they're all elders in that way and so Dana and I have shared the same position only with me having kind of like a leadership role being like team lead but it's the same team the same ministry and so yeah be praying for me be praying for God to raise up others that say I want to pastor God's doing that same tugging that he did on you nine years ago and me maybe 16 years ago to say here's the tug here's the tug and then you step into using our gifts in a very specific way um, but thank you to all of you who I do call on. Like, okay, huddle with me. Let's huddle, let's pray together because uh, the plurality of believers is safe and wise. And we want both of those things.